I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood atoning Then I repented of my sin And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is to Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about His healing, of His cleansing power revealing, how He made the lame to walk again, and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold Beyond the crystal sea About the angels singing And the old redemption story And some sweet day I'll sing a fair song of victory Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever Sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. It was page 54, just so sweet. Well, by grace are you saved. That through faith. God could have chosen any way he wanted to save a sinner. And he did just that. He designed salvation through the word of God being revealed to the sinner by the Holy Spirit who can make that connection that fallen man cannot make. And by, get, by grace, unmerited favor, we are saved. What a Savior. Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, 
and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in, my, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gene. Uh, we're going to return, but not yet, to Psalm 51. But right now, I want us to look at First Thessalonians. Chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I want to talk a little bit this morning about perspective. Perspective. There are some things that we believe, and because of the confidence that we have in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves, in our own ability, these beliefs, these understandings, give us a foundation to think about life, to think about God and ourselves in Him, and it causes us to have an attitude about life from a particular point of view. That's what perspective is, by the way. I, I know you all know that. So, perspective is an attitude based on your point of view. We have a particular point of view because, basically, this world is not our home. We have been quickened, and that word has been brought up several times already this morning, and it literally means to make alive. Where there was separation, now there's a connection. We see that that's what death is. It's a separation. It's not simply the bona fide end of something. But it's a change, a separation, a transformation from one form to another. When God breathed the breath of life into man, when he created man, man became a living soul. That soul is going to live after this life, either in eternal death, separation, punishment, or in eternal life with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in that new world, in that new body, in that new world that He's been creating for us. He's going to prepare it for us. He told us that He did. All right. So, First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. 
He's called us to be like Him. He's caused, uh, called us to think like Him, to have the mind of Christ. Paul teaches us over and over to mind the things of the Spirit. Well, what is it that the Spirit has shown you? He's shown you Jesus Christ, hasn't He? Your need for Him and His provision for you and how perfect and complete it is. God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us His Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, which we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Verse 11 says, And that you study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. Why? That you may walk honestly toward them that are without and that you may have lack of nothing. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. He was writing to the church at Thessalonica. One, This is one of the issues that he was writing to, uh, to talk about. One of the issues that he was writing to correct. They were concerned about those who have gone on are they going to be there with us when the Lord comes back? So Paul straightens that out. So I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. I want you to know this so that your heart will be comforted about them, their loved ones, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we do, our purchase, our life that has been purchased by Him is riding on that fact. He did die, and He did rise again triumphant. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You trust in Jesus Christ this morning for your eternal salvation? Then you have confidence. This faith comes with power because again, it's not something that I can come up with it's from the Holy Spirit of God, which when He quickens us or makes us alive or connects with us, He gives us His Holy Spirit. That's the driving force. That's the driving force in your mind that keeps you coming back to God's Word, the spiritual food which nourishes that part of you. You have a new nature, but that new nature by itself 
doesn't have that power. We must have the Holy Spirit within us. That God knew that. God gave us the Holy Spirit. We have not only power to live like Him, to teach others to live like Him, but through the Holy Spirit, we have the authority to do so. The Holy Spirit is powerful. He knows all the deep things of God, doesn't He? So this is what we're looking forward to. We know in our heart, not only it's coming, but He's coming. Everything God says is true. Everything that God says will come to pass is coming to pass. There are some huge studies going on right now in eschatology and about the uh, the events of today that are going on. And yes, they are predicted in this Word. And yes, they are going to come to pass. When we look at the Old Testament, and Brother Chuck says this uh, pretty often, we can see what happens to a nation that turns its back on God. So we know what to expect, don't we? But we're not to fear. We just read that. We're not to fear. Why? Because we have this strong, powerful hope within us. We are His. Paul said, and he named several things and ended up saying, or any other creature, nothing can separate us from what? His love. What drove uh, His choosing of people to be His people? It was His love for us, right? the foundation of the world. He loved us. All right. Psalm 51, 2. Wash me thoroughly or thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That's what he does. He washes us clean even cleans us through the washing of the Word of God. He washes our minds as we look into His Word and partake of Him is the way He put it. You must eat of me. You must partake of me. As we do so, He cleanses us. Now notice over in uh, verse 7. Verse 6, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inner parts. Praise God if you do. You desire truth in your inner parts today? Praise God, it's because He's there. Because the Holy Spirit dwells within you. You have a new heart that loves Him. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. I pray for wisdom and discernment in God's Word steadily. And I know that He answers my prayer. That's a way for us to grow. We, we may sometimes think, well, there aren't very many of us and we're not really growing in number. And I think sometimes we're programmed to think that because all the big churches, they keep a board back in the back and they keep all these numbers and they may have 10,000 members. Maybe one-tenth of those actually come to church anymore, but it looks good because we got a lot of numbers. But God grows us in truth. You see, in strength. That's the way that we're growing also. 
Verse 7 says, Purge me with hyssop. Well, we know what purge means, right? It's to get something out, right? I remember I used to go out to Louisiana and fish all the time. And the guys there would uh, sell us crawfish. Well, they would purge them. So they'd put them in clean water. Then they would add, I think it's salt, something. And everything inside of that crawfish would, they'd spit it out. Everything. Purge them. They were clean. Now you cook them and eat them. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Purge me with hyssop. That's relevant right there, by the way. Hyssop is very, very relevant. In Exodus chapter 12, let's just take a look at it. Exodus chapter 12. What's that hyssop for? So here we are at the Passover. The last plague that the Lord brought on Egypt before he before Pharaoh let his people go. Uh, verse 18. So we're at Exodus 12, 18. In the first month on the 14th day of the month, at even you shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. They were being purged. No leaven. What does leaven represent? It's sin, isn't it? Absolutely. You shall eat nothing, verse 20, leavened. In all your habitations you shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel unto them. Let's see. Okay, verse 21. Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. Now we know that this lamb represented Jesus Christ. It couldn't have any spot, couldn't have any blemishes on it. And you shall take a bunch of, and did I finish that? And kill the Passover. So if you remember, they took this baby lamb into their home. And what happens when you take a baby into your home? Baby anything. Well, maybe not an alligator, but... <laughs> pretty much a baby anything everybody's going to fall in love with that baby especially for eight days that baby was special very special yet it had to be killed Jesus Christ was very special yet to complete the covenant that Jesus made with God the Father and the Holy Spirit to save his people he had to die. Verse 22, And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin. There was a certain way that they slaughtered those animals and it was over a basin and they caught the blood. Alright? And strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ nothing can touch you why because 
God's perspective is that He looks at you through that blood that Jesus Christ shed for you. God is complete, isn't He? He doesn't miss anything, does He? No. Trillions of details in all of God's workings. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, nothing can hurt you because you are under the blood of Jesus Christ as these people were in their house. And in the middle of all this, what did he say? He said, none of you shall go out at the door of his house. Where were they at in that house? They were under the blood of Jesus Christ. None can take you away from the love of God. You are protected because you're under the blood. Oh, our perspective should be based on these facts that we know in our heart. So the way we think should be based on who we are in the Lord. We have God dwelling within us. This is this is not a guess. This is not my idea. This is a fact from God's Word. He quickens us and puts His Spirit within us. Alright, 1 Peter chapter 1, 15. But as He which hath called you is holy, and He is, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So our conversation should be holy, right? And our conversations stem from where? Our thoughts. Our thoughts are based on what? Our perspective of who we are, where we are, and why we're here. We are God's chosen children. He has invested this life in us. He's invested this day in us to seek Him and to be like Him. Verse 17, And if you call on the Father who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Okay, so we weren't redeemed by what we were taught naturally. Verse 19 says, but we were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who verily was foreordained there's that covenant that included you who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. How do we obey the truth? Through the Spirit. That's what it says. Seeing you have purified your souls in, in obeying the truth through the Spirit, there's no other way to obey the truth. We don't have it in us, do we? But we have Him in us, you see. And we are able to follow Him. We are able to trust and obey, for there is no other way.
to be happy in Him. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by what? The Word of God. That's God's plan for salvation, you see. Which liveth and abideth forever. The psalmist said, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. What a Savior. All right, one more scripture in Romans. Romans chapter 6. Verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now that we know that our sins are covered by grace. God forbid. Absolutely not. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Raised up from death. Raised up from separation from him. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no dominion, no more dominion over him or us. Because he has defeated death on our behalf. Taking up our cross daily and following him. The Lord said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. We talked about that. It's dying to self, isn't it? It happens in our minds and our thoughts. As we seek Him, we leave behind ourselves, don't we? Praise God. Our perspective should be one of joy, knowing that He's coming for us. And we will not suffer for what we deserve to suffer for. Because he already did. He already paid the price that I could not pay. I owed it but couldn't pay it. He paid the price for me and for you. You are covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God. What a Savior.